life. It's more full of surprises than anything you could make up. Scary stories, funny stories, sad stories, we've got them all and they're all true. Everyone has at least one great story. What's yours? All right, who ordered takeaway? Got your true story coming right up. I'd like a funny story with a dash of bellyache, please. Um, could I get something with aliens, guns, and travel, please? A one thriller with an overlay of a relationship going wrong. One takeaway order of suspense, please. You're gonna love all this stuff here. It's all really awesome. This is Tall Tales Takeaway, the podcast of bite-sized stories for curious minds on the go. Hi, and welcome to today's show. This is Tall Tales Takeaway, the podcast of true stories presented by Tall Tales, India's longest-running live storytelling event series. I'm Michael Burns. Here on this show, we like to have a lot of fun. But every once in a while, a story comes along that's just flat-out important, and this is one of them. This episode features Archana Iyer talking about her relationship to takeaway. All food, in fact. Actually, it's ironic because eating disorders aren't really about food at all. But that's where the conversation seems to start from those on the outside who can only see, at first, another person skin deep. I'm going to commit a cardinal sin. A sin a woman rarely commits in public. I'm going to tell you how much I weigh. I weigh 61 kilos. So there it is. I've said it. And let me also tell you something you'll rarely hear a woman say. I'm perfectly happy with how much I weigh. Now, that is. A couple of years ago, the Indian media went abuzz with a certain Bollywood actress's size zero figure. She got a lot of flack for it too. The media spoke about how she was fainting on sets due to poor diet and how she was such a bad influence on women and teens who nowadays want to get real thin. But I saw it in a different way. I remember back at the beginning of high school, I was a chubby girl. Not fat really, but chubby and very happy-go-lucky. I hardly had a care in the world. And how I looked was probably the least of them. And then I remember distinctly the day I first felt fat. Do you know how certain days and instances from your childhood stick out with vivid clarity in your memory? While you may forget most of the others, these remain with you forever. Every, every inch, every second of these remain with you forever. Well, this was one such. It was in ninth grade and our class had a free period. And as we do in every free period, we decided to play a game. And this time, the game that we chose was called Fish Pond. Now, Fish Pond is a game where a bowl is passed around, an empty bowl is passed around the class and people are asked to write comments about other people. It's supposed to be a fun game where people tell you what they think about each other anonymously. So this uh, bowl was passed around and I remember feeling really excited about the game. I wrote my comments too for a guy in my class who I thought had a really nice smile and for a girl who is super friendly and very sweet. And I was eagerly waiting to know if anybody had written anything for me. The class monitor, once the uh, poll was connected back, started reading out the comments one by one. 
and I waited for mine on the edge of my seat, bare breath. And then there it was, for Archana, a Hindi slogan, two lines. Tum chalti ho to dil dhadakta hai. Tum chalti ho to dil dhadakta hai. Mera nahi dharti ka. Yes. Uh, most people would have laughed the way I think uh, you must have laughed on hearing this. And but okay, so let let me translate that for you. Uh, it means when you walk, the heart beats, not my heart, the earth's heart. And uh, well, the laughter lasted for a long time, uh, and everybody was looking at me and grinning, and it was pure agony. because not just that i was feeling utterly embarrassed and shameful but there was some other indescribable feeling like i had just you know i was just rejected by the whole class or something like that and there were people collapsing with laughter and at, and at that time what do you do you maintain and plaster a smile on your face and you act like nothing had happened and that's what i did but i remember going back home that day and looking at the mirror and it reflected back exactly what i feared i was fat and maybe i was ugly and maybe i was unlovable around the same time as uh, this incident took place my father had been uh, telling me constantly to lose weight you know he was telling me join a sport do some dancing lose weight lose weight constantly till then i had taken these words lightly but at that point of time his words took on a sinister meaning i started feeling that maybe my parents also feel that i'm fat and unlovable and um, i had um, a few many neighborhood aunties growing up in bombay and i'm sure many of you have experienced these helpful uh, very very overzealous neighborhood aunties if you've grown up in the same city so there's this one particular auntie i remember very well who constantly had a lot of things to say about me and my weight One day I was standing in my house on a stool tying something uh, tying a balloon actually for a birthday and this auntie walks in and with great concern says get off the stool get off the stool get off the stool and I thought she thought you know I'm going to fall down or something but then she as soon as I get down she says you'll break the stool and you know and they would laugh at it as it was a big joke but to me it wasn't a joke to me it hurt it sting and you know slowly because of all of this I started to lose confidence Um I was a very happy go lucky chirpy I am a very happy go lucky chirpy person who talks a lot but then I begin to distance myself from people the happy carefree self was gone I started losing friends in school because I started not opening up I started being quiet slowly slowly before I knew it I was all alone in school I was walking alone I was talk you know reading to myself I was eating my lunches alone Another incident from my school time sticks out with vivid clarity and I will not forget that again. Um one day I was as usual going out to have my lunch all alone and it was raining heavily in the school. It was raining very badly. And when it rains generally we don't have lunch outside the school in up in the playground but we have lunch inside the school building and people are all sitting inside in the corridors. And I walked out and not one of my friends invited me to eat lunch with them. So I had to go out in the pouring rain uh stand behind a pavement under a tree and eat lunch by myself. And that day my lunch uh, felt saltier than ever because I think my tears were mixing in with the food and I I was standing there feeling the most miserable that I could ever feel. And I decided on that day I think it was that very moment that I decided that I needed to do something about it. 
I cannot be fat. I cannot be ugly anymore and I definitely cannot be unloved. I want people to love me. And I decided at the age of 16 without consulting anyone, without consulting a nutritionist, without a di- consulting a dietitian, a doctor, not even my family that food was my enemy. And to control fat, I had to control food. I began initially by eliminating junk from my food. That's what most people hear and that's how they start. And slowly I started cutting down on portion sizes as well. And in a few weeks basically my teen body started responding very well to this because till then I had never cut anything. And I started losing a few pounds here and there. And as soon as I started losing this weight, I got great reinforcement from the people around me. People started telling me that, "Oh, you're losing weight." My parents said, "Oh, you're losing weight." The neighborhood auntie started smiling at me a lot more and said, "Nach, you're losing weight." and everybody started noticing me and i felt more accepted and happier so obviously this worked as a great reinforcement and i started pushing myself further i started i remember thinking why not just do away with one meal completely who needs three meals a day you know so i would start skipping lunch without the notice of my parents uh, cutting food here and there and before i knew it and i don't know exactly when but complete obsession with food started setting in I was obsessed with every single morsel that went into my mouth. I bought a book that mentioned the calorie count of all the foods listed and I by-hearted it. Until date I remember the calorie count of all food, Indian and otherwise. One roti 80 calories, one cup of dal 120 calories, one spoon of jam 20 calories etc etc. And uh, this obsession made me cut food like crazy and before i knew it in a span of 7 to 8 months i was weighing 39 kilos i looked like a stick i was not able to sleep i was not able to eat properly i looked i was completely devoid of energy did i look good at that point of time no were people giving me attention yes but was it attention for the right reasons i don't think so people started getting worried around me my parents that's the first time they got ultra concerned because they realized that something was drastically wrong and they started you know doing anything that the normal parents would do try to force me to eat but by then a complete fear of food had set into my my soul and i remember this one point when my mom was crying and my dad was trying to feed me and they held my hands up against the wall and they were thrusting food morsels inside my mouth and i remember spitting it out and you know telling them i can't eat i can't eat and my parents in frustration would cry would yell would you know they didn't understand simply why i was not able to eat food but then i was completely scared of food and i was doing things which my brain contradicted but i had no control over it around then another serious uh, occurrence happened which kind of made this uh, you know more grave than ever i uh, missed my period and i missed my period not just for uh, you know a month or two but i missed it for a consequently long period of time Uh, my mother took me to visit a gynecologist and the gynecologist sat me down and she spoke to me and for the first time uh, she told me exactly what was happening she said that your body has lost so much weight that it does not have any energy for the secondary functions you know it just has energy to maintain primary functions like breathing circulation digestion and she said if you go on in the same path you're probably going to die very soon Surprisingly that didn't scare me much. Something else that she said scared me worse. She said 
that uh, if you're going to continue like this, your hormones are going to get so messed up that you're going to look like a boy. You're going to have hair all over your body. You're going to have hair on your face. And that freaked me out big time. I think that was worse for a teen girl to take. And my brain really started registering the consequence of what I was doing. And, you know, I was wondering what is going on. But there was a big conflict. My brain saying, okay, what you're doing is wrong, but not being able to stop what I'm doing. My aunts who are in the US, who are, prob- uh, you know, who are more well-read about such subjects, one of them recommended a book. It's called My Battle with Anorexia Nervosa. She couriered it to me. And for the first time, I read the definition of anorexia nervosa. I'm going to read it out to you. Anorexia nervosa, to be explained in clinical terms, is an eating disorder that causes people to obsess about their weight and the food they eat. People with anorexia attempt to maintain a weight that's far below normal for their age and height. This disorder isn't really about food, but it's an unhealthy way to cope with emotional problems. When you have anorexia, you often equate thinness with self-worth. The book that I read felt like the story of my life, that it had the story of my life in its pages. It's about a girl battling anorexia as me and exactly what she went, I went through. And for the first time, I understood what was happening to me. By then, people at home were very stressed. Uh, they started uh, thinking, uh, you know, taking me to psychiatrists, visit psychiatrists. And I visited a couple of psychiatrists in uh, India. And unfortunately, in India, we don't have, um, all of the psychiatrists are not brilliant. So there were a couple who I visited who gave me a Prozac and some horrible brain medication, which kind of had disastrous results. And if any of you have consumed Prozac or any brain medicine, you know that it kind of does a lot of damage to you as well. I started feeling like a vegetable devoid of energy, devoid of any kind of uh, motivation to do things. And the thing that was most needed, counseling, empathy, care, telling me what was required was completely missing. Nobody could provide that. Not the psychiatrist, not people around me, nobody. Uh, my parents, my obviously my school grades started suffering around the same time because uh, um, I was a good student. I was a very good student till then, but my grades started suffering big time. And uh, my parents decided to take me on a trip abroad to change my mind and uh, to meet my relatives as well. So I went abroad, I met a lot of people and uh, with a lot of love and support during that time in that vacation, I think I let myself go a little bit and I ate a little more than I would have normally at home because people were so loving and kind and I was feeling overwhelmed. By then, I had one new best friend. And my best friend was someone who I greeted every morning. It was my weighing scale. Every day at home, I had a weighing scale which I would measure my weight on. When I came back from this trip abroad, the first thing I did was step on the weighing scale. And my weighing scale decided to punish me for ignoring it for so long by jumping up to two kilos X's weight. And at that point, I had something psychologically that is termed as a panic attack. Um, I'm not sure how many of you hearing this have had a panic attack, but a panic attack is a psychological symptom where you feel the blood rush to your extremities, you feel like you're going to fade, you feel nauseous, you feel absolutely powerless and helpless to do something. And those two kilos increasing on my wing scale had resulted in a full-blown panic attack. And I, all the logic, all the uh, reading about that book, all the understanding of the disorder completely went out of my head. And the only thing I wanted to do at that point was somehow get those two kilos off my body. 
while weighing 41 kilos i decided to get rid of these two excess kilos by working out already i was feeling exhausted and unhappy but now i started to add some more things to my daily life schedule i started running 6 kilometers a day in the morning i came back home and i would skip for about 2500 counts i was fainting most days with the amount of uh, agony that i was putting my body through but i succeeded in getting those 2 kilos off but now that i had started working out and regulating food it was again an obsessive thing to continue working out at least the 2 kilos come back inside my body and completely i was living that uh, unhappy life where i was working out i was eating less i was devoid of any mental energy and happiness uh one day i think uh, while uh, working out like this and not eating i fainted i fell i had a fracture on my leg and around that time i started really the gravity of my situation kind of was hitting me very hard and i decided that i have to do something i have to reach out to somebody for help around that time the internet in india was getting really famous and i had the desktop at home and i logged in and i randomly googled anorexia nervosa and i found these support groups for uh, you know people around the internet and i entered that group and i started talking to people and strangely i got a lot of help from people across the globe there was a woman in australia whose daughter was suffering with anorexia there was a woman in the us who was battling this and these ladies started talking to me about how it felt for the first time in a long long time for the first time somebody actually understood the emotional turmoil that i was going through and they were counseling me and they were saying you're not bad it's okay to be the way you are and you have to help yourself slowly slowly with their support i pushed myself to stop working out I pushed my it was very scary but I I did I pushed myself to stop working out. I started eating and I started eating healthy and the non-scary foods like you know fruits and vegetables and things that I know had lesser calories to increase my nutrition. And unfortunately though uh, my weight gain started rapidly and I had to tell myself I had to counsel myself with the help of these ladies that it's not a bad thing to gain weight it's okay it's okay it's okay. Um I gained a lot of weight again because of the medication and because of the food that I was consuming and because I'd stopped working out. Uh this is the reason crash diets don't work because once you stop dieting and exercising the weight just goes back zoop. Um I couldn't stay in Bombay anymore. I was absolutely uh, terrified of meeting my friends being criticized again. Uh I had completed my um, 12th standard and I had to start graduation. I had decided by then for obvious reasons that I will study psychology. and so i uh, got my father suggested going to the us or studying in some other part of india and i did move to chennai where my grandparents stayed i studied psychology in chennai and when i went to chennai uh, as soon as i entered the university in chennai i was really scared that i'm going to go through this non acceptance again i'm going to feel people are going to look at me and say you're fat again and all of that so i walked in with a lot of uh, feeling of unhappiness one day as i was in this university in chennai um an incident happened a girl walked up to me with a uh, flower in her hand and said uh, you're not from here are you uh, you look very pretty i wanted to tell you that and i was very very shocked initially i thought she was making fun of me and then i realized no she actually is saying that i'm very pretty and um, slowly i started realizing that people in the south probably look at it very differently maybe south indians just like curvier women or something so i i had a lot more acceptance in chennai about being fat and plump than i've ever had in bombay nobody to uh, in my university or maybe it was just that the women there were a lot more mature and accepting so i made a lot of friends 
and this worked like a confidence booster you know i was no longer scared about in one year i think i was no longer worried about the fact that i was fat and i started concentrating on things that really mattered like my education i poured myself into my sub studies and uh, because i studied with such a heart uh, a soul and passion for psychology i did manage to bag a university rank as well um because it's a subject that's close to my heart um slowly slowly the weight came off again but in a very healthy manner currently i enjoy a very healthy equation uh, with myself i am not unhappy about how i look at all if there is one important lesson i've learned from this uh, whole episode is uh, to have empathy not just for other people but also for myself so i do not like labels and judgments on other people but i have tremendous empathy for myself now the actress who was criticized for being size 0 was once criticized for being fat too the media and people are sometimes hypocritical they will say contradictory things the key is to accept oneself and empathize i would like to end with one of the quotes that's really close to my heart uh, to this day it's by this gentleman called chris jamie he says if a person can't see beauty in the world it's because the world never saw beauty in that person Hey, it's Michael. We've got a small break coming up, after which we'll have a Q&A with the storyteller, so stick around. We hope you liked Tall Tales Takeaway, India's first storytelling podcast. Chances are you'll want to check out the LSD Cast, India's first podcast about love, sex, and dating. We think you'll like it. It's a very candid chat show hosted by Prem and Rogue. Look for a Love Sex Dating Cast on your favorite podcast app. So what I love about your story Archana is that I think it's one of the most important stories uh, that we've had because it addresses something that's basically an epidemic around the world and of course that means here in India. Why did you want to tell this story? Um I actually uh, will be very honest I didn't want to tell the story. <laughs> so um I remember telling my mom that I'm going to tell the story and uh, she said are you why do you why do you want to relive that horror again? it's a time of the past and but uh, uh some a friend actually convinced me that the story is very important to the world and uh i realized that if if by this story even one person can feel better about themselves can know what's happening to them because anorexia is not like other psychological disorders it's not well known especially in india and if even one woman can relate to me and you know say oh, oh my gosh it's not such a big deal to be this way it's, it's okay i can get back I, i i would feel extremely happy and privileged i think that's the only reason i did it um i've been talking to friends about this subject uh, for years and the 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 part when you describe the uh incident in the classroom early in your story that's very hard for me to listen to because i was also bigger when i was younger what i've been noticing is that i think globally we've made big strides when it comes to making fun of other people for things that they can't control i think now it's seen as a social taboo to make fun of people because of yeah. what race they were born yeah. or what part of the world they happen to yes. be born in but a person's size is still one of those things where it's socially acceptable yes. to make fun of yes. them would you agree with that um i agree with what you're saying because i think people uh, do take it for granted that uh, it's okay to make fun of something like this what uh, people fail to realize is that 
what might seem as a small thing for somebody where it might not really seem as really small for someone else and uh, you can never tell what affects a person deeply and what does not it's always good to you know keep caution but i would also like to tell the other person who are people who are listening to it and you know who get affected that you should be strong from within you know you shouldn't let anything affect you to this point that you question yourself so i think it goes both ways if you ever had a son or daughter uh one day who didn't like the way that they looked or felt hurt by comments that other people made right. about the way they looked what would you say to them Um I'm I I don't want to sound cliched but there's one thing that's I'm going to say um if my daughter told me that if do I look nice or something I'd tell her that every day when you go to bed at night I want you to ask yourself one question not whether you look good but are you a good person if you can answer that question with a resounding yes every day you're the most beautiful person in the world and it doesn't matter how you look One thing I love about your story is it shows a tremendous amount of willpower that you have even when you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> you're really dedicated to to doing it. Where does that where does that come from inside you? Um I think uh, somewhere in me I have this uh, great need to be accepted. I have had and I never realized before uh, this whole episode that the need to be accepted was from myself. you know i was searching for it in the outer world so when michael if you're hungry for food you automatically find a drive to eat food yeah i was hungry for affection i was hungry for love and i did anything that i did to get it and that's probably what gave me that will power um now i you know i get the affection from myself a lot better than i did at that point of time so i don't drive myself crazy <laughs> so i guess that's that's that when i think about your story one thing pops uh to mind first which is this random girl in in Chennai who gave you this flower. <laughs> and you know what it helps me to realize is that um for you just that that offhand comment, just one tiny 10 second moment just flipped the momentum for you. And yeah. we don't realize sometimes that the smallest comment can send someone on a downward spiral spiral or turn them around. Absolutely. I I completely agree with you and uh, that just goes to show how much small acts of goodness can create such beautiful effects in the world that girl's small act saved my life in a, m- multiple ways and I choose to do that now I I I mean I I do fail to do it many times but I remind myself that you know small things like smiling at people giving them your seat in the ca- bus or seat in the train or something of that sort might seem very little to you but that might just glorify somebody's day so it it's really necessary to do that So yeah we forget but I think it's important to remind ourselves to do it every day. Thanks Archana. Thank you Michael. And that's the end of today's show. I hope you've subscribed to the podcast so you never miss a single episode. And if you do like what you heard, take a minute to rate us and share feedback and reactions on iTunes or whatever app that you listened on. We're on Facebook and Twitter of course too if you'd like to get in touch. Thanks. See you next time. Hey, do you have any romance or kitten stories? Hi. I'd like to meet him adventure stories uh, and hold the cheese. Give me some non-fiction. Anything. Just just give me some non-fiction. Wow, that doll thing looks so funny. I want to please. I'll take comedy. Yeah, something funny. Romance for Prem, fame and fortune for Kirti and a coming of age for Sunanda. Your takeaway orders are ready at counter number 2. That was so fulfilling. Produced by Sonoma.